NFL Report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Halischuk is a Black Press Media podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Report. I'm Aaron Halischuk, a journalist with Black Press Media. We are coming to arguably the biggest week in football and the biggest game of the NFL season. And I'm joined today with Vancouver Island Daily and Parksville Qualicum Beach News Editor, Philip Wolf, to discuss all things NFL. Welcome back to the podcast, Philip. Thanks, Aaron. So I feel like a little bit of a broken record these days because I keep thinking, you know, this podcast, there's not going to be that much news. And then a week and a half go by, and then there's a bunch of news happening. So this past two weeks has been no exception to that rule, but there's a lot to talk about. Let's start with the biggest game of the season, the Super Bowl. I know our picks, I was listening to our old episodes and listening to what we picked for Super Bowl contenders. They were a little bit off, but I feel overall we kind of called it. So we're looking at the Chiefs in San Francisco heading to Las Vegas next week. With the Chiefs beating the Ravens, does that just prove essentially to never underestimate Patrick Mahomes, no matter what type of season he has? I think so. I I, I think once you settle into that type of success, people just start looking for what's wrong. And this year he had trouble with his receivers and things like that. But I think once you get a combination of an elite quarterback and an elite coach, it's hard to ever really count them out. And as much of a wagon as Baltimore was this year, they blew away almost all of the top teams. I was waffling a little heading in. I I just didn't know. And Lamar Jackson just didn't really play that great either. But yeah, it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes ever. It really is. Did the right team between the Ravens and Kansas City, did the right team win that game? I think so. I mean, John Harbaugh is a fantastic coach, but I I think that Andy Reid and his staff just had a better plan. Yeah. They they did a much better job of shutting down Lamar Jackson. I mean, it wasn't like Patrick Mahomes went for 500 yards and Mm -hmm. five touchdowns. Kansas City just had a better plan to shut down what the Ravens were doing. And I think that was the difference. Absolutely. Despite the season that Lamar Jackson had, does this, him losing the AFC championship game, does that take him out of the MVP race? No, because the playoffs don't really have anything to do with the voting. So I don't think that factors in, but no, he should still be the MVP. I think he had a fantastic season. I, I still think he'll win the MVP, but I don't think he'll enjoy it as much as he would have if he coupled it with a Super Bowl title. True. With the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl yet again this year, does it erase or does it cover up any of the questions that I know we had and a lot of fans had about particularly their receivers this year? I don't think it erases those questions because they're still there. I just mm-hmm. think it it says a lot more about you know Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and Travis Kelsey and their defense. It gets overlooked when you have a quarterback like that. Sometimes your defense can get overlooked. I think their defense was the reason that they they won that game. I still have questions about their receivers, but they came through last week and, you know, they only have to do it one more time. I think that's the, isn't that the worst thing about all of this? There's only one football game left. That's what I'm actually very sad about. And this week, I feel like I'm going to go into a little bit of denial. At least there's a bit of a lead up to the Super Bowl. But I sort of feel like, what do I do with myself this Sunday? Well, we know what you're doing the following Sunday. You're heading down to the Super Bowl. How is that going to be for you? I am. I'm very excited and very fortunate that I'm going to be heading there for that 
basically the first in-person Super Bowl that I'll ever be at. I'm really looking forward to it. So I've uh, got a position in the press box in the stadium and I sort of have an idea in my head what the game might be like from seeing so many on TV for years and years and years. But I think my expectations will be blown out of the water. So I'm hoping to get to the stadium quite early on game day just to kind of take in the atmosphere to sort of figure out what other media is going to be there. Look at the pregame action, see the teams warming up, see the crowds. It's going to be completely surreal. So I have a feeling no matter what I think it might be like in my head, it's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be so much more. So I'm really, really excited about heading down and I'm going to try and take in some of the press conferences leading up to the game and after the game as well. So I'll make sure to get a full recap for all of our listeners for the final podcast of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Are you going on the field at all? After the game, I do have field access and I do have post-game press conference access. I find football to be not nearly as good live as it is on TV. It's yes. kind of the opposite of hockey, which I like live. But if you're on the field for an NFL game, that's fantastic. But, you know, when you're way up in the press box and stuff, it's just, even if you're a fan, you know, here's a big pile of humanity moving two yards and everybody cheers and, and things like that. So I think it's much better suited for TV, but just the magnitude of the event is what, and that's what makes football so great is every week is a massive event and the Super Bowl is off the charts and in Vegas too. I mean, I, I hope you'll come back with all kinds of fun and interesting anecdotes. It's going to be surreal. And I think if ever there was a great place to host basically one of the largest entertainment events of the year, Vegas is going to be an amazing spot and it's going to be really neat too. I've read a little bit about the stadium and just all of the technology behind it. And I'm really excited just to see that in and of itself. And with it being so new and such a perfect place to host a game, I think I'm going to be completely distracted looking at other media, who's writing what, what's going on backstage. Is Taylor Swift going to be there? You know, all of that fun stuff. And just maybe this is a game where I think I'm going to be appreciating the entertainment factor a little bit more than purely what's on the field itself. Especially when you don't have uh, a dog in the fight, so to speak. You Absolutely. Have, those are the best games that I found to cover where there's no emotional yes. involvement and things like that. I've, I remember once when I was just a kid back and, and I was in the press box and my team was playing and I let out kind of a loud whoop after a touchdown <laughs> and all these condescending looks from these old fossils, you know, Tut, tut, what are you doing, young fella? You know, do you think Taylor Swift's going to make it back in time? You know, it's quite interesting. I was looking at some of the things that are going on in Vegas, and there's odds of whether she is. Yep. There's all of the math that's been done online, whether she can make it back from her, I think it's her tour in Japan. I think yep. she's going to be there 100%. If I had to place money, yes, I think she's going to be there. What do you think? Oh, she'll be there 100%. If I told you, a year ago that one of the biggest storylines of the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl would be Taylor Swift's travel itinerary. What would you have said? That would have been just completely out of left field. The people in the NFL, like communications and marketing departments, this is just the biggest gold mine you can absolutely ask for. I cannot imagine them thinking of a better celebrity to talk about the NFL. You can't even buy this sort of publicity 
No, a hundred percent. And I think they've done a better job actually in recent telecasts of not showing her 77 times Yes. in a telecast. It's like after a touchdown or exactly. Or if you're running a TV show, why would you not show her? Right. Who cares if a bunch of nitwits on Twitter get sour, you know, that's more publicity. Absolutely. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's not just a football game. It's entertainment. And especially the Super Bowl. You're at the entertainment capital of the world in Las Vegas. So it's not just about the game. No, it, it, it never is. That's the best part. I think it's interesting after so many years of shunning Vegas. It's like now they've just fully embraced all of that. And it, it just makes me chuckle a bit. And now it's becoming basically one of the hot spots for professional sports. I heard that there's a chance that the Oakland Athletics might be moving to Vegas and they're, you know, imploding another hotel to make way for a baseball stadium. That's probably a topic for another podcast, but it's amazing how it did a complete 180 in the span of just a few short years. Well, just follow the money. That's right. So just getting back to that game, you know, just to wrap up the Super Bowl chat here, there's been a lot of questions about Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. We've talked about him a lot on the podcast before. I don't know, looking at the last game, the NFC Championship against the Lions, if he did a particularly outstanding job or was it more the Lions game to lose? But they did end up winning and he did rally back considerably in the second half. First of all, can he win the Super Bowl? And can he win the Super Bowl by being a good game manager or does he have to be absolutely an exceptional quarterback i think it's somewhere in the middle i think he has to be a good manager he has to limit his turnovers but for them to win especially against kansas city he's going to have to make some plays too you think about what makes a good game manager is playmakers yes you have playmakers you don't have to be the guy that can fit it into a keyhole he's got a lot of weapons. He's got the best running back in the league. Debo Samuel's back. I think he can do it. Again, it's more like he has been. Just don't blow it. Going back what you said about Lamar Jackson in the MVP race, it would be interesting to see if they held these awards after the playoffs and after the Super Bowl because Brock Purdy is an MVP candidate. And there's a few interesting ones also on the list. Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey, and Dak Prescott, oddly enough, <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes is not on that list. Out of those people, who do you see taking that award? Oh, it'll be Lamar Jackson. You it, think so? It just will. It's not fair to the other candidates if you're counting the playoffs. Then the recency bias would take over and Patrick Mahomes might win. I'm almost 100% sure that Lamar Jackson wins the MVP. I think we may have mentioned this before. I'd like to see Christian McCaffrey because he had a a pretty amazing year this year, but the chances of it going to a non-quarterback position are probably slim to none. So yeah, my vote's probably, if it's not Christian McCaffrey, it would be Lamar Jackson. Last question here about the Super Bowl. I got to hear your predictions. Who do you think will win and what do you think the score will be? I still haven't decided, to be honest with you. That doesn't really make for tremendous listening. <laughs> I want to gather as much information as I can all the way up to as if I was betting on the game. If you just ask me now, it's so difficult because as you said, you don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes and you especially don't want to bet against Andy Reid, but I do think the 49ers are a more complete team. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me now, I'll say San Francisco 24-21. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me 
next week, I could change my answer. How about you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I think there's a difference between what I want to happen and what I think will happen. <laughs> what I want to happen is I want the 49ers to win. I'd really, really like to see Kyle Shanahan get a Super Bowl ring. I know he's come so close uh, a couple of times before, and he's had two of the largest blowouts, I think, in Super Bowl history as various coaches. But I would really like to see him win. I think he's an amazing head coach and he deserves that ring. So I want the 49ers to win. I'm thinking it's going to be very close. So I'm going to say 30-29 for San Francisco. What I think will win, because if I had to put money down, I would not bet against Patrick Mahomes. So I will say that what will happen is I'm going to say Chiefs 27, 49ers 17. Let's switch gears because I know we've got a little bit of uh, breaking news as much as breaking news can be in the NFL. The other hot topic around the league outside of Super Bowl is coaching. There's been a massive amount of coaching changes as there usually is this time of year with a couple of coaches hired and some fired. But less than an hour ago, the, uh, the Seahawks, who still hadn't named a head coach, just named Mike McDonald, the uh, defensive coordinator of the Ravens, as their head coach. So kind of swinging the pendulum from having the oldest head coach in Pete Carroll at 76 to the youngest. And I believe Mike McDaniel's 36 years old. What do you think of him as a new hire as a coach for the Seahawks? I mean, you get the notion that he wasn't necessarily their first choice. I mm -hmm. think they, they were waiting for Ben Johnson, who decided to go back to Detroit. I mean, to me, it's better than... Dan Quinn, who was, you know, yeah. seemingly the next option. I like the notion that they're going with someone young. I, I was kind of surprised that Bill Belichick, you know, didn't get a, a yeah. gig, to be honest with you. But the Seahawks hire Mike McDonald. Hopefully they want him for 10 years. Pete Carroll-like run. So I was a little surprised. Usually when they go from a, a defensive coach, they tend to follow with an offensive coach mm -hmm. along, along those lines. But... It, it's hard to say. I'm glad they went with youth because, I mean, they may have a, a couple of tough years coming up if they can't, you know, better sort out their quarterback position. So as long as it's someone who's poised to to take it in the long run, and the Ravens did have a fantastic defense. So I, I think given the, the time that they took and what they've done, I think it's a good hire for the Seahawks. How about you? I think so too. I was a little bit surprised by the fact that they went with another defensive coach because I was going to ask you about that. If you had any concerns with them going with another defensive minded coach in the type of league that the NFL is. And I don't know if going with a defensive coach again might be their best bet. Although you're right. The Ravens had an incredible season and, and an amazing defense. So definitely willing to see how this plays out whether he's going to have a tenure as long as Pete Carroll did, I guess that's up, up time will tell, but there's a tiny bit of hesitation, but I suppose out of the coaches that remained who didn't get hired, he would have been my top choice. And he has a chance to make it even better. A lot of it, we talk about the offense will depend on who he hires to round yes. out his offensive staff. Being a young guy, maybe he has some younger candidates in mind. That will be the interesting thing for me is I would have liked to have seen the Seahawks hire Mike Vrabel. I'm fascinated by the notion that Bill Belichick still doesn't have a job and may not get a job. I was going to ask you, do you think he will remain unemployed coming into the new season? Well, unless the Washington Commanders, the only open choice that's left, unless they 
you know, circle back, but they've already said they have no interest in, and they've been linked to Dan Quinn, you know, again, more recently. It's hard to say. I think it's hard to present to your fan base a choice. Here's this 70 plus year old guy that's going to lead us for the next 10 years because theoretically that's what you're hoping for every time you hire a head coach so i think he'll probably get a job next year he's a much better mid-season replacement right and he might be at the beginning of the year when you're telling your fans you know this is the guy for the next 10 years i think if he's a a mid-season replacement then he's just the guy that's coming in to fix it do you see him ever taking a non-head coaching position like an OC or a defensive coordinator? I don't see that just yet because Mm -hmm. he just loves power so much. You never know. I mean, he also just plain loves football. Mm -hmm. He's also such a looming presence that it might make it difficult for him just to be a coordinator. Everyone talks about his complete lack of personality and Mm -hmm. things like that, but his knowledge is so vast. I think he might be good on TV. Mm. So the other thing that going on TV can do is it gives you a chance to rehabilitate your image. Mm-hmm. So he goes on TV, people see him as, you know, well, maybe he's a bit funnier than I thought, or maybe he's a bit more personable than I thought, you know, that makes him more hireable. Yeah, I think, I think he's better suited as a mid season replacement, but you never know. I would love to see him on the Manning cast. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Manning, just the, the two goofballs hanging around and then this this serious guy in the middle, that might be quite a dynamic. Just speaking of people without jobs or soon to be without jobs, not a coach, but somebody we have talked about before on this podcast, Russell Wilson. Where do you see him ending up next year? Who's Russell Wilson? We've never talked about him. I know this random guy I (laughs) popped up in the radar somewhere. (laughs) It's kind of interesting now. You read a lot of the stuff now and it's almost like Denver might get stuck with bringing him back. And I mean, that would be fascinating. I just don't see how that would work. I would have said Atlanta or Pittsburgh. I think last time we Mm -hmm. talked, those would still be my two choices. But clearly he's good enough to be a starter in the league. But you Mm -hmm. just wonder if anyone will give him a chance. I mean, if I just had to guess, I would still say Pittsburgh. Maybe Atlanta, but who knows? Just for fun, I would like to see him come back to Seattle now that... Yeah. You know, they've, they've got a new coach and, and whatnot, but I don't think that would fly with the team or the fans. So, Well, the rumor is he never actually ended up selling his house in Seattle. Maybe he has since then, but the last I heard, it, was, it, it had been on the market for quite some time and it never sold. So maybe he still has a house in Seattle and, you know, could slide back in there really quickly. I'd like to see yeah, that. I would just like to see it for the entertainment value. Yeah. yeah. But. I, I don't see that ever happening. The The other place he may land is Vegas. I had the Raiders on my notes. Yeah. That would be interesting because then he could compete against Sean Payton twice a year as well. So that would be, that would be kind of fun. Do you think they're going to cut him? Do you think Denver could possibly keep him? I don't think there's any way that they could keep him after everything, the way that it played out. I would be more fascinated to watch the Broncos if they did keep him than if they didn't. <laughs> I don't think there's any possibility that the way the season ended that they could actually keep him but that would be quite the start to the season if they did it would just be funny because he's just such a polite you talk about characters I mean that's just who he is he never breaks character it would be fun just to see him lose it on Sean Payton that would amuse me I would pay good money to see that (laughs) maybe that could be the halftime show next year the Super Bowl I'd watch that 
And just speaking of Super Bowl to round out the podcast, we've got about a week and a little bit left. Something I know we talked about the last year around this time, getting ready to watch the game. One of the burning questions we talked about, Taylor Swift, of course, but the, the most important question for Super Bowl Sunday, what is your go-to snack and where will you be watching the game? Well, I'll be watching from home this year because mm -hmm. I'm a little limited when it comes to travel, but mm -hmm. historically the best snacks are at someone else's house. Yes. When you're, when you're just over there and you maybe bring one thing, then you get the random samples. But when my son was younger, basically in order to have him watch with me, I would just pick an endless array of snacks. You know, we would have <laughs> The appetizers and everything. I mean, nachos is the easy go-to. Yes. In terms of that, but I've always liked the one of my go-tos is Super Bowl meatballs, mm -hmm. where you make some meatballs in a slow cooker. I mean, it, it's a little pretentious to use the toothpicks, so I, yes. I use just a fork or something like that. Or if no one's looking, maybe just my hand. I, I, I'm big on the Super Bowl meatballs. How about you? I like that. So I'm a little bit sad because I'm heading down to Vegas the Thursday before the game. And apparently on the Monday before the game, all of the media there is getting an exclusive tour of the stadium, but specifically for all of the food and beverage options that will be available at the game on Sunday and they get samples. So I'm really sad that I'm missing that part of it. But I'm just really curious to see, because you're not only the entertainment capitals of the world, but also one of the big food hubs of the world. Some of the top chefs and restaurants from around the world are in Vegas. I'm sure the stadium food will reflect that from some things that I've seen online. I'm really curious to see what offerings they'll have at the stadium and explore a few of those. If I was watching from home, my go-to is absolutely, I know it's kind of cliched, but I'm just such a sucker for nachos and guacamole. Because you just get your hands right in there, kind of like you were talking about the meatballs, just, you know, go in and all bets are off with your hands. But I'm very curious to see what some of the offerings are at the stadium this year. Absolutely. We'll expect a full report. Um, <sighs> I think the food should be a 15 minute segment all by itself. I agree. Absolutely. And if I can bring some samples back home, I absolutely will. Well, thanks, Philip. A pleasure as always. And we will chat more and wrap up the season after Super Bowl Sunday. We will. Have fun down there. Thank you. NFL Report with Philip Wolf and Aaron Halaschuk is a Black Press Media podcast.